Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then we need somebody to look up to for who working hard and that shit paying off and they stand down, bang, you yeah. know, keeping faith, whatever, whatever. Definitely look to Ed, man. So, yeah, never give up on yourself, bro. A lot of us, you know, look up to you from a distance or up close, you know, for our own inspirations and keep us motivated. So, yeah. Welcome to the Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station. I'm your host, Ed Doxon. Um, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. Um, but before I introduce my guest, my brother, my great friend, um, we do want to acknowledge um, the passing of Young Dolph. Um, we took a loss, and I say we as a culture, as fans of hip-hop, um, as entrepreneurs, people pursuing those lanes, because that's what Dolph represented. Um, so we definitely want to send prayers and um, you know positive energy to his family, to his label mates, um, to anybody that was really close to him. Um, it's just another unfortunate situation of us seeing us lose another entertainer, but more importantly, losing another black man uh, to gun violence. So rest in peace to Young Dolph. Yeah, we about to turn up a dog for a quick second. Hey! tape so many videos and things is gonna get played on forever so uh yeah rest in peace to Dolph man and y'all go stream all this music download this music uh to continue to support his family and friends <laughs> but um we're here today y'all it's a special day um I'm with my guy my brother uh coming right out of Brooklyn New York um but you know that moved to Memphis Tennessee yes, sir. Columbus Ohio uh Delaware where we met DMV whatever just really kind of on a tour um, it's kind of similar to myself for those listening who know me that, you know, we both have been on a marathon. But um, today, uh, you know, I always say special guest, and I've been saying that every episode. It ain't even a special guest. We got my guy here. Um, this is my brother. We met at Delaware State. Um, we did a lot on campus together, SGA, um, car accidents, <laughs> sneaky moves, whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, we, we did a lot together. But um, I'm talking about none other than Mr. Kamani. Robinson. Yo, yo, hey, bro. Happy to be here. Happy to be a part of the movement, what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Um, since school, bro, I don't think I ever told you how much, um, you know, you've always inspired me mm-hmm. to really just keep on going, keep on moving throughout trials and tribulations. We from inner cities, so we get it, bro. We right. get it when we coming from a grind where people usually don't make it out. You know what I'm saying? We've lost friends due to gun violence. We lost family members from incarceration. We've lost so many things, but we was able to come to school, find a different route, and then take our uh, skill sets and take our passions to the next level. So happy to be here. Always happy to support where I can, bro. And yeah, happy to just tap in and take this shit to another level. No, no, I appreciate that, bro. And, you know, I definitely echo those same words that you're saying, you know, as far as like our friendship, um, being in leadership together, growing, going through a lot of trials and tribulations um, together. So, you know, I think for me, um, let's just start off, you know, talk about yourself, talk about um, your upbringing, Brooklyn, where you're from, 
family background. Um, of course, those listening, I know a lot about him, but I want him to really share, um, you know, his upbringing, those things. Because I think for me, knowing you not even think I know that a lot of your values, a lot of things that you do today, what you stand for, what you believe in, I know it's come from those uh, those upbringing um, situations, whether that was facing a challenge or whether that was being instilled with like quality values from your family. So let's talk about that. Yes, sir. So born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, um, community called Canarsie. Um, if y'all heard of Pop Smoke, that's where Pop Smoke is from. Um, I take a lot of pride in where I'm from and because that's made me into the man I am today. Um, raised by a single mom. She raised me, my brother and my sister on her own. You know, just just grinding, um, figuring out a way, whether it was working three, four jobs, whether it was, you know, just having a whole bunch of side hustles. For, she'll go to sleep at two in the morning, wake up at six to make sure I'm up in, um, in time for school. Um, and then I played football my entire life. Right. So starting from I think I was about eight, nine years old playing football, played basketball as well. Um, and sports for me at the time was my my ticket to make it. Um Shout out to my high school for Hamilton. We were a championship caliber program, won my senior year. Um, and I took that talent to go to Dell State to play football. Um, unfortunately, I got hurt. It was what kind of like my sophomore, junior year. And I had to figure out what are different uh, just dynamics and things for me to pursue. So I joined my fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Um, shout out to the Noops. Then I went in and started to get more active on campus joined student government you know i did rha and then that's when i joined ed and doing um student government i was the vice president and so my life has always been just you know figuring out what's the best thing for me to do in order to make a make an impact um started off again in high school went on to college and then now after i went, uh, graduated from dell state went on to memphis where i got my master's in sports um administration as well as uh, another master's degree which is in hospitality resort management so that was that was it for me, man. I didn't know where I was gonna go. All mm-hmm. I knew was that you gotta just bet on yourself, figure it out. God is gonna order my steps. Um, and it was moments I was scared. It was moments I didn't really know what to do. Right when I moved out to Memphis, bro, I didn't know anybody out there. I had no idea what I was getting myself right. into. People were telling me first forty eight is the hood, mm-hmm. whatever. But I was like, bro, I went out there, y'all. Memphis is a little <laughs> turn. I was like, bruh. I'm glad you graduating this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's a fact, bro. But like um, Manny, you know what I'm saying? My mentor, he was Shout like, yo, if you can make it in Brooklyn, you can make it anywhere. And that kind of mindset, I took into every place I went. So that was my mindset in Memphis. That was my mindset spending the last four years in Ohio and Columbus specifically, working at Ohio State, which was always my dream. Um, yeah. It's so crazy that, bro. I've worked at every single place um, and been everywhere that it's been my dream. Mm-hmm. So growing up, um, Memphis football was one of the main programs that I watched because of the running back D'Angelo Williams, right. you know, Coach Calipari era, Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. So I know about Memphis. Boom, was able to get my degree from there, which is crazy. Then grew up a Ohio State fan. Take it back to Tekken Jr., Benny Wells, Troy Smith, you know what I'm saying? Ezekiel Elliott, Urban Meyer. Um, and I was able to work there for four years, right? Okay. Um, and then full circle. Dr. Williams, you know, who was the president at Dell State, right. is now the CEO of Thurgood Marshall College Fund, where I now work. And right. we all always heard about TMCF when we was at Dell State being a Thurgood Marshall College Fund scholar. Now that's my my full-time role. So um, by taking these necessary steps, by connecting and networking people, I've been able to land in my professional roles and just right. continue to pursue my dreams. Plus, 
um, on top of all of that, networking and, and meeting different people, I've been able to create my own podcast, which right. is Billionaire Lessons, and taking that information and knowledge to create my own clothing brand, which is Billionaire Academy. So always busy, always grinding, trying to get to it, and yeah. then every day just trying to be my better self. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And that's a uh, thank you for sharing all that, bro. And, um, you know, with all of that you just shared from the Memphis, Columbus, starting a business, um, you know, uh, expanding and uh, sustaining your network, uh, a lot of the things you just described just made me think about, you know, risk taking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to ask you, you know, uh, what I kind of was thinking about earlier, but you kind of asked it just thinking about coming from Brooklyn, coming from the city where they say if you can make it, you can make it anywhere, you know, concrete jungle. Um, what what does like risk taking mean to you? Like, how what do you what's your thoughts on that? Like taking risks, like you know, because risk could come with fear and a uh, number of types of things. But you've been able to navigate in so many places and continue to be successful. Uh, describe, you know, like what what does a risk mean to you? Like, how do you, how do you think about that? How do you approach it when you don't know how it's gonna look, what it's gonna turn out to be, all of that? Um, I would say two things, bro. Is one being able to step outside of your comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? Like growing up in New York is is fast paced. Um, a lot of times I watch people be on the same corner, kind of doing the same things. And I wanted to be able to step outside of my comfort zone. I didn't want it to, to be another statistic right. where I'm just figuring out, you know, whether I'm getting a city job. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Some A lot of people, that's how they sustain life. And that's good. Um, but for me, I knew I wanted more. I know my mom worked her ass off for her kids to be able to have more. So I didn't want all the work um, that she did to go for granted. Right. So I made sure, bro, I stepped outside of my comfort zone. I got out of different places so I could get um, different exposure. Because one of my um, people told me exposure leads to expansion. Mm, so when you facts. expose yourself to different people, to different scenarios and different places, um, you're able to really expand yourself, not just expand yourself from a, a monetary standpoint, but right. really expand your mind, bro. Right. I was in Memphis, like, yo, damn, I'm connecting with people from different cultures, their country, their homegrown, um, and I'm just learning their ways. And then going into Columbus, it's, it's kind of a similar thing. They're really um, sports town. They love, like... Bro, when you go anywhere in the country, people know Ohio people because Ohio State, Cleveland Brown fans is right. wild as hell. They work, they like Cowboy fans. Right, you right. feel me? <laughs> so it's really just um, stepping outside of comfort zone. Um, and then another part of risk taking is I know it's easier said than done, but just living a life without fear. Yeah. Fear is really a construct. It's false you know what I'm evidence saying? that it, appears real. Bro, that's a fact. That that's a fact. Bro. <laughs> I read that as a young and like, nah, and I always kept it in my mind. Nah, that's a fact, bro. And just step outside of that fear, man. Like growing yeah. up, bro, like I was afraid of a lot of shit. Yeah. Was, and, and, and that's the article cut you off, but yeah, I just bro. wanted to say, um, you just mentioned something about, uh, you said exposure leads to expansion. That's a fact. So coming out of the concrete jungle, coming from Canarsie, Brooklyn. Um, those who are listening, you know, you've been in Brooklyn or you know about Canarsie, there's a lot that's going on there. So just talk about how your HBCU, you know, going away to college, that type of exposure, like what did that do for you coming out of New York, coming out of Brooklyn, just probably knowing New York City, you know, and trying to, like you just mentioned, you know, getting out your comfort zone. So, of course, going from New York to Delaware, that's a hell of a, you know, transition comfort zone. So what is that? What did that exposure do for you uh, going to college? You know, it was crazy, bro, specifically going to HBCU, right? So a lot of my times growing up, my ties to African-American people, to black people, were mostly tied to entertainment and sports. Mm, okay. um, and most of my black friends, you know what I'm saying, that we all were friends because of playing sports or something. 
when and I was just t- telling my niece about this, bro. She was like, um, she's interested in different opportunities. She's now applying for college or whatever. And she's like, yo, you know, I'm looking at this predominantly white school, this predominantly white school. I, I'm like, yo, why don't you look into HBCUs? She's like, uh, you know, I want to gain more exposure. I want to kind of, you know, be around more diverse people. I said, yo, HBCUs is one of the most diverse places. And I and I was able to tell that story and get that experience because when I was at um, Dell State specifically, now I was exposed to H- black students that had, one, were from different places, from Philly, from D.C., um, you know, from Connecticut, from the tri-state area, down to the DMV, down to the South. Um, ones that had different passions and goals. You have people that want to be, um, you know, uh, CPAs. You have uh, some people that want to be nurses and doctors. You have people that want to go into the entertainment industry. You have people that want to be a coach. You know what I'm saying? So I'm meeting now a lot of successful um, and ambitious Black people that have different, different interests that is exposing me to, like, yo, it's more out there, right? If it wasn't for Dell State, bro, I would have never thought about student government. I never thought about the um, ability to start a podcast. I never learned about the importance of entrepreneurship yeah. and owning your own. Right. Because when we were there, bro, we didn't have the crazy budget like other schools. We had to make nothing out of I mean, right. it. Was I mean, make something school, out of nothing. Small town, exactly. small state. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, bro. But we had to figure it out. We had to make a way. And that was my biggest thing. So I learned at HBCU as how to make a way. And I was around a lot of different people yeah. that it wasn't just about sports or about entertainment. Right. They knew, like, I want to make a difference this for my family. Right. And a lot of times when you go to an HBCU, when you're at an ANT, at, you're at a Hampton, if you're at a Howard, it's HBCU students, black people that want right, to do right. something bigger for their community, period. Yeah, nah. Because, you know, bro, I think for me, when I got there, the, 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 the eye-opener was that we all had very similar experiences. The only difference was maybe swag, music we listened to, uh, uh, you know, just different cultural differences. But at the end of the day, coming from the Phillies, the Newark, the um, uh, Brooklyn, D.C., mm-hmm. it was similar story. Losing friends, uh, people getting killed, people getting locked up, mm-hmm. people having babies, 15, 16, um, people getting hooked on drugs, like just all different types of things. So when I got there, um, I know you probably share that same uh, feeling where it just felt like, all right, cool. Like I'm at an institution, I'm at this place, I'm spending all this money, but I feel like I'm with like literally my brothers and sisters that I, I don't know them, mm-hmm. but you know, we kind of have these similar struggles. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, once you got there, I was all, and you was the same way. But like those of us listen, like when we want SGA, we were like really, really just focused on like building the culture, pushing students forward because we also knew like, and you know, like you said, shout out to Manny again, Manny, like, broke it down to me one day he said you know you're really responsible of shaping lives at this point like we on SGA but he like yo them young men that you talking to that sophomore juniors and I know we did it because I still I get you know people give me my flowers now like yo when y'all was on SGA maybe y'all did this or y'all did this and you know always look up to you doing that or whatever so um, I'm just saying that to say is that bro like I'm glad you just stressed on like how important and vital HBCUs are because I think in the past two, three years, we're mm-hmm. really, really getting the push. That's what's like up. we used to get it before, but you know, like the HBCU week, shout out to Stephen A. Clint, you know, all those different folks. And that's leading into my next question is, you know, because everything you just named of going to Dale State, having an HBCU experience, um, you know, having a mindset about network, all these different types of things. We fast forward from 2015 to 2021. Sure. You now work for what I would say is one of the biggest HBCU plugs, Facts. Thurgood Marshall uh, uh, College Fund. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's a, 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 
that's something that I think it just speaks to like the experience that you're able to bring to that role. So I know I'm rapping, but good, <laughs> talk bro. about um, your experience at Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Some people who listen and may not even know what it is. Just give us a background of uh, uh, that that organization, your role, and you know what it means to work there. So, so um, taking it back, so the history of it, Thurgood Marshall College Fund was founded in 1987 by Dr. Joyce Payne, who really had a goal right to funnel resources into the black community um and that was through programming that was through scholarships that was through k through 12 education everything like that and one of the biggest advocates for um you know the black community is predominantly black institutions and hbcus so we help hbcu students find full-time jobs internships scholarships different opportunities to learn, grow, and expand in their personal and professional worlds, bro. So um, in my role, that's what I do. I try to uh, really advocate for a lot of the HBCU students um, and put them in places and put them in seats to really just keep on growing um, and get the opportunities that that we probably didn't even have when we was in school, right? Um, So yeah, that's what we kind of do on a day-to-day, bro. And what I like about it is unapologetically black. And yeah. That's the first space I've gotten into. In I my see that in life. the marketing too. That's like, I, I, like it looks fun from the outside looking. I'm like, man, they yeah. lit in there. <laughs> yeah, bro, it's, it's 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 tough. You know what I'm saying? Because we're still um, working through a pandemic. We're still working through a remote, lot of remote. You remote. know what I'm saying? And we are a nonprofit organization. But at the end of the day, this has been one of the best opportunities and jobs I've had because I can truly be myself in my role. I've served in spaces, bro, where you know you gotta kind of like, you know, switch your whole swag up. Um, in order to appease other groups of people. Yeah, this is an yeah. organization that I'm in, bro, that can truly be Kamani, K-Live, me all day. Um, and again, be unapologetically myself and be comfortable in the skin that I'm in. That just, yeah, bro. And you just hit on a good point right there because um, I know a lot of people have been there. I've been there, um, you know, just being black in the workforce. Um, like you just said, you kind of like, you feel like you can be yourself in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, so t- I, I kind of want to talk about this. I was having a conversation this in my chat the other day, and people we were talking about identity crisis, where like some people really don't know who they are. Oh. Like we ain't talking about kids. We talking about mm-hmm. we're about 30, 40, yeah. older than that. That's a fact. So in your journey of you know going through all these different experiences, going from an HBCU to a PWI uh, for grad school, working at a PWI, then going from PWI to a nonprofit, like you just mentioned, you know, an un- unapologetically black organization um how is your identity like like i think like i think you know for me knowing you i know you know yourself but like how is that impacted like how you shape your identity bro i would say in ohio specifically is where i struggle most with my identity um a lot of groups i was around out there you had to be a part of a certain niche um community right whether it's you being a content creator whether it's you being into real estate whether it's you being kind of into things and i'm like damn where do I fit in with all of that? Um, because I didn't find and see a lot of people that spoke like me, act like me, talk anything. Um, and then again, being at a PWI, I was in my job, bro. I was one black guy on a team of white women. Mm. So that was a huge struggle for me. And then when I worked in student affairs, higher education, you know, when you are a black heterosexual male in those roles, sometimes it could be, you can be looked at a certain way. Yeah. You're expected to talk, walk, be shaped a certain way. And I'm totally different than a lot of other people I've seen serve in certain capacities. So I struggled with seeing where I can fit in, right. in, in, in certain roles and pockets. And it took me, bro, I will say 2019, 
it was a rough time. I, I went through, a lot of people don't know, bro. I went through anxiety. I went through depression. I went through a lot of these different things, trying to truly, truly find myself. 2020, thank God we had the opportunity to set our asses down for right. a little bit. And I was able to really look at it like, yo, who am I? And I was just having a conversation. Matter of fact, it was something I seen on TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a, it was a barber. Um, this white dude or whatever. And he was like, yo, who am I? Who am I without what I do? Right. He was like, yo, I'm a barber. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't right now. I can't cut hair because of the pandemic. Our barbershop closed down things. Da, da, da. Like, so who am I without what I, without what I do? A lot of athletes, you know what I'm saying? They struggle during the pandemic because they can't get in the gym. They can't do the stand the other. Yo, you was driving around neighborhoods, bro. They was taking down hoops. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you can't even play ball. All you could really do is probably just dribble in the house or dribble in your neighborhood, but you can't even shoot a basket. So who am I without what I do? So in 2020, I really looked at it, bro, and I really looked at myself to say, yo, who am I without my podcast? Who am I without my business? Who am I without working this job? Who am I with staying myself in the house? And I was able to really check myself to see who is my, who am I? Who's my identity? Did a lot of soul searching, did a lot of prayer. And I truly, truly, I can say now, bro, I found myself, but I had to do the work. I had to look inward and not look outward. Um, and yeah. now I found my true identity, but I, I took the time during the pandemic. Um, and we spoke about things like that, bro. It was like, right. oh, damn, now we got the opportunity to really stay still. To See really embrace and in, in who we are, look at what's important, our family, our friends, our worship, our praise, like all of that stuff I looked into um, during the pandemic. And I'm still looking into, right, to be comfortable within myself. Even when I started my podcast, bro, through how I was talking, through how, how I was saying certain things, I thought I had to sound like the Charlemagne's. I thought right, I had right, to right, right. sound like the um, this XYZ person. You know what I'm saying? Now I figured out my voice and how to show up as Kamani, authentic, and who I am. Um, and that, again, took time. It took um, being repetitive, staying in it. It took, even if I needed to take a break, take a damn break, reset, all these things I had to do, bro. And, again, I've been able to be super, super comfortable with who I am. And I, I will never question myself ever again. I'll never let another motherfucker question me yeah. because I really make sure I stand on that. 10 yeah, bro. It's, 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 and, I, and bro, you just hit on so key because I've been there a lot of times where, um, you know, people will have great intentions of saying like, "Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. Oh, you're a good this," and like that can play with like you trying to figure out who you should be. That's okay. And, and I think that's key. Like, do you touch on that? Because it's like at the end of the day, like, bro, that's where I've come to the point where like it's nothing more comfortable if you could get paid for being yourself. So like, you know, trying to, like you just said, you was thinking about, do I go this route? Do I go that route? But it's like, if you be yourself, it ain't another copy. So that's making you stand out, you know, right there. You just got to sharpen up on it. Yo, to that point, bro, let's let's, let's flip it a little bit, yeah. right? So I said I had to look at, yo, who am I without what I do, mm -hmm. right? So for you, bro, um, I don't know if you shared it on some previous episodes mm -hmm. and it was transparent to your journey. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like during a pandemic, you was impacted as well yeah. um, with work, with mm -hmm. situations, being able to, you know, live in Florida, right. having to move back. So how did you take the time, bro? And still to this day, yeah, yeah, yeah staying humble. You're staying steadfast. Just you're keeping going. your prayer going. You know what I'm saying? If y'all know my boy Ed looking like he playing for the motherfucking Jets right now. <laughs> and my boy healthy. Shout out to one Zay, man. Zay got me geared up in all this <laughs> NBA gear, man. <laughs> Yo, but bro, how have you stayed like steadfast and stayed yeah. with it without, you know, being in a previous situation where you were happy and things right, like and that to coming. still find happiness right now in who you are, yeah. right? It's it's a it's a roller coaster for sure, right? Um, but for me, like kind of what you just mentioned, like the working out, 
like the gym, the walks, the music, that's what keeps me there. Um, it might, and, and also what I've learned, bro, when I was in grad school, I had learned this because grad school was tough too when you go from work and back to campus checks. I've learned to embrace every day. Mm. So if Tuesday is cool, a high day, I'm going up, everything cool. But Wednesday, if I'm stressing over something, I'm down. I might even be to the point with tears at my eyes. I just embrace that day. But I'd be like, all right, you can't take this Wednesday feeling all the way to Monday or all the way to next week. Um, so I think it's that also having a great support system. And then also what we doing now, like listening to podcasts, watching Wallow and them, uh, Gary V, uh, you know, uh, Having a great support system, you know, the top of this year, me and my chat, we did the 75 hard challenge. So I think that's kept me going. But um, I went like 20 hard. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think, too, you know, the previous experience, like those listeners, as we mentioned in the uh, episode earlier, you know, when we were now seeing, yeah, man, Kamani went through a lot from, like I mentioned, y'all, like before we even got that shit, had a car accident. Car, October, uh, bro. Family sick, uh, losing family members, losing classmates. Like it was a lot. So I will say that those moments start to show. Cause we always joke about it, like we just know, like all right, life gonna always have a twist to it. So when it come, you just gotta be. You know, even if you ain't ready, you just gotta accept it. But don't let it get the best of you. So yeah, bro, I would say, uh, you know, fitness, um, strong support system, and also you know, like you just mentioned, God and the Bible stuff. You know, us being, both being raised in the church that played a critical factor. Like I never got I was in grad school, bro. I'm in Bible study one night, and they was like talking about the five fruits. And they were like, oh, yeah, one of the five fruits is, uh, you know, love this and long suffering. I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. I'm like, he promises that we're going to have to go through something. So I always keep that in my mind. And then I always know, like, God sometime will probably have me going through a storm. But I can say I've never been in a storm where, like, I was without, like, where I was, like, down to zero dollars or no one was there or no type of positive. And I'm big on signs and all that, like, you know, just getting different signs from God. So. I would say those three is really what, you know, kept me moving. Yo, you know, just going into the religious way, um, it's a story, and I don't want to butcher it, but I'm going to give you a little bit of what I know. Mm -hmm. um, it was talking about when we going through the long suffering, we were going through a long time, and it, was told, it told the story in, in the Bible how it was a man, he was on a boat, and he was on a boat where it was a lot of different um, obstacles coming along, right? So it was high tide. It was storming. It was raining. It was all these different things. And um, he kept like he was faithful. Right. He kept on asking for guidance. He kept on asking for help. He kept on staying steadfast. Blah, blah, blah. But God was um, giving him signs of help. God was giving him signs of these other different things. And I learned, too, um, the importance of just obedience. I learned the importance of like really paying attention and don't really forget about the signs because a lot of times we'll stay, we'll be in our situation, bro. We'll be in our problem. Um, and God is trying to tell us what to do, but we'll be so hard headed and we'll be not really paying attention to really um, how he's trying to navigate our lives. And my mom will always tell me, bro, like God is working us through our situation. God is working with us to get out of it. He's already given us the answers. You know what I'm saying? But we got to be able to to take it on, address it, and really see it for what it is. Um, and I learned that through different problems and situations that I'm going through, bro, that God is talking us throughout the entire, entire time. But yeah. even before we pray, he's giving us the answers. Right. You know what I'm saying we just I mean we always get the signs and the stuff we just don't want to you know what I mean do it like yeah. like I was telling you recently you know like we're looking to get a specific job specific place specific mm -hmm. field and I just kept seeing so much push where I was like you know what this is a sign and even like literally like with you know like you're saying just going through that time um recently getting a new job and all that like that job really kind of 
fell in my lap. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I, I now understand that it's meant because I remember praying like, look, uh, like send me where you want me to go. Or like, you know, when I talk to Zay, like, you know, you got to ask him to order your steps. But when he ordered our steps sometimes, he'd be like, oh, God, like I ain't trying to go that way, but you can't do that. And that's when I'm learning more that faith is important. Like that's when the faith part mm -hmm. uh, comes in. Um, and, you know, bro, you, you, you touched on uh, so much. And I think you've shared a lot of jewels and you shared your journey. So um, let's get into the business, man. Let's get it. Billionaire Lessons. Mm -hmm. For those listening, before the first episode of this podcast, the first episode, I mean, the first podcast I ever been featured on and only two podcasts so far was Kamani's podcast Billionaire Lessons and we talked about paying the purpose um that's like a quote that I live by from Dell State um so that now has went from a podcast to so many other things and he's doing an amazing job so let's get into that next so tell the people um about Billionaire Lessons on um, what is Billionaire Lessons let's start with that so Billionaire Lessons on um, the podcast is a it's a one it's a it's a brand bro it's a movement it really talks about us as black um people in all the different fields that we do in the success i wanted to create a podcast that gives the knowledge that we learn from our grandmoms to our grandpops to our friends and family and really share it out to the world you know what i'm saying um and the slogan i live by is knowledge is the new currency so the knowledge that we obtain is the money right um the the different resources that we have and we got to put that knowledge into action so that's the podcast part of it and then from now i created the brand billionaire academy which is really extension of that to really show that we are future billionaires bro we're a billionaire in our mind we're a billionaire in our grind um everything that we do right we really emphasize on being wealthy in every single thing so they say health is wealth right so you right. being wealthy and how you live your lifestyle um, you being wealthy and even how you treat people, you know what I'm saying? That's something that we don't really realize that you could be the richest person in the world, but if you treat people like shit, that money don't mean nothing to me. Um, so that's, what, again, off the platform and the podcast and the clothing brand I created is really the, the mindset and the lifestyle that you live. I'm mean, making sure you're moving in that uh, positive direction. Right, right. No, nah, that's that's love, bro. And like, I, I think for me, I love how it um, it went from, you know, the podcast to the clothing line. Um, because I felt like it showed the growth and I love the theme around like when you go to the website, uniform, you know, class and session, all those type of things. So this being billionaire lessons and we talk about in that being, I mean, like y'all listen, we definitely want a billion, don't get it twisted, but being beyond money and it being something that's more valuable. Um, what's the biggest lesson you want people to get from you? Like before your time is up on here on this earth, like what's one lesson? Like when they think about Kamani Robinson? What do you want people to think about? Like, what do you want them to feel? How do you want them to be inspired? Because I, I know for a fact you inspire a lot of people. You're passionate about it. You're big on unity. So when class is done and it's a lesson you want to leave behind for people that follow you, what you want that to be? Love on the people close to you, bro. And love on even the people that you don't know, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. that's one thing I, I'm big on, as you know me, bro, the relationships, keeping relationships. Um, sometimes I feel away when people aren't as in tune when it comes to relationships and treating people nice, bro. And what I realized for me, um, that relationships and loving on people is so important. I don't think I really told this story a lot in public, but I was in eighth, I don't know, I was in ninth grade. Yep, I was in ninth grade. And it was a young lady that I know. Um, she was going through a rough, rough time where she was um, assaulted, sexually assaulted. Mm. And um, she 
wanted to show she attempted suicide. Um, and I didn't like, I knew a good amount of her story and what she was going through. And I was so young, bro. I don't know how I was even able to talk her through her circumstance and situation, but I just show, tried my best to show her love. I tried my best to listen to her. I tried my best to do all these other different things. And, um, when she had um, this episode, you know, her grandmother called me. She was in the hospital and she was like, Kamani, you know, you're the first friend in person I want to call. Let you know that literally I'll, um, you know, I went through my granddaughter's phone and I see that she I've heard so much about you and she mm. talks about you all the time. And just because of the way that you talk to her and the way that you treated her, she said to me, my, I believe I have a second chance. Well, grandma, I believe I have a second chance. Mm -hmm. And that right there, bro, like shifted everything for me. And because right. there's a lot of people that go through stuff, bro. You never know somebody's story and being a listening ear, showing them love, caring for them, could give them that second chance that they need. Um, and I'm a big proponent when it comes to, um, you know, suicide prevention um, and all of that other stuff, bro, because it's hard, man. It's yeah. hard out here for people mentally, emotionally, physically. And I learned, bro, a lot that. of people don't be having people people and i say I that meaning even if you got family friends but you may not have no one that can inspire you or lead mm -hmm. you and that's something i love about us is that you know we we have never been like stingy with our resources meaning right. that you know it's like now you have a personal relationship with my mentor from high school mm -hmm. or like man he's someone that mentored both of us so like i think that's always key because it's like you need people to pull you up and like as a especially as a black man like it's wild out here, you know yeah, what I mean? It's hard, bro. And I ain't realized, you know, you grow up be hearing that hard for black man, but then you get older, like, damn, I see what they're talking about. <laughs> nah, for real, bro. Survive, and survivor's remorse is real. Oh, it's very um, real. I probably didn't get over that till after Dale State, to be honest. You know, like, I'm it? still today, bro. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Because, yo, That's every situation I see that a black man has gone down or a situation happens, I always think it could have been us, bro. You know what I'm saying? You be seeing the nicest dude. You be seeing a person that don't got beef or a problem with nobody, bro. And a situation will happen. So, bro, it is super hard being a black man. It's super hard watching things on social media because now things are overly publicized. Right. Right. Where you can, I told you, bro, to this day, I could, I still see the Nipsey video um, that was posted on TMZ. That shit is hard, bro. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Nip, man. That's a fact. That's, dropped my, that's from really the, my Bro, God. we lost Nip, Kobe. Dolph, I mean, the list go on and Pop on. Smoke. But Nip and Kobe was like, man, that was. Kobe was the worst, bro. Yeah, Kobe's the worst. I'm still mad about it. I don't want to believe it. Like, but you know, it's you know, what's so crazy though, and this is why I say the good part about not the good part. I'm not gonna put it out like that, but these people that passed away, being a Kobe Bryant, we can go back, bro, and watch when the Lakers played the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? We could go watch back and watch the Lakers versus Magics. We could go watch and go back, you know what I'm saying, and watch so many historic games and watch so much historic things, like what Kobe interviewed with Amar Rashad. You and know that's what I'm and that's like, broke. And that's why I'm gonna just stop you right there. Okay. That's why this platform will be doing is so important. I told myself this, like the reason why I love music, when artists pass away, unfortunately. Bro, big park and voice will literally live on forever. Like we can put our grandkids on that. So that's why I wanted to create is like, I mean, those those listen, I got a I got a sneaky low-key talent for rap, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I wanted to leave something behind. And like this is what the podcast is for. It's like, you know what? This is what we could leave people behind for. And like you just mentioned about Kobe. 
Bro, I've watched so many Kobe interviews that still real. inspire me. When I, had, I like Kobe on the court, but but you had to respect him. Yeah, but when yeah. I watch his interview, like you said, the Mar Rashad one, it's one with some guy that's from like uh he grew up in Iraq. I can't think of this guy's name, but it's a talk, mm-hmm. it's his Kobe got on the suit, it's one of his last interviews. Mm-hmm. I want to say maybe his last. And bro, he just break down everything. And something he said in the interview was key. He was like, you could be mental by a person that's dead. Mm-hmm. And like it stuck out to me, of course, as him being dead now. But it's just like what we talking about is like, you know, once you go, you could still have an influence to have an impact. Bro, he was young as when Tupac died. But look how we know of oh, him man. and how we watched his movies yeah, and they kept his name alive. That's a fact. So man. it's like, you know, like I'm just saying, I think it's important for us because like, I mean, the reality is that we're not gonna be here forever. You know, we wish we could. We don't know when we're going to get called home. But when we get called home, I think it's important for us to definitely have something behind for people to follow. And that's really that's really what I'm big on. Like, you coming on this episode, bro. I know this episode can get played years from now. And people can listen to it and be inspired by it. That's okay, bro. Yeah. So, uh, with, you know, Billionaire Man, uh, you talked about uh, the clothing line and all those different type of things. Um, as we started this episode off, talking about, you know, Dolph and him pushing entrepreneurship, independent mindset. Talk about some of the good things from entrepreneurship, but also talk about the challenges that come with it. Because I think some people always say, even myself, I'm in the process, you know, starting a business, starting a business. I thought everything was going to be off and running in three months. And I'm like, hold up, I need some more time for this. So talk about your experience as an entrepreneur, like, you know, just building up everything and working through those uh, uh, challenges. Bro, the thing about being a small business is usually you're kind of the person that does everything, right? You do your social media, you do your marketing, you do your accounting, you do your finance, you do everything, bro. So a lot of the great things about entrepreneurship is when you get the support, when you get the love, when you see a product, bro. Like now that I'm living close on the East Coast, I'm watching people wearing my brand. I'm, yeah. I'm going on social Football media. Football players, players, basketball. Yeah, I'm like, yo, that's – but that's, and I was like – and it's hard, bro, because I'm like, yo, that's really my shit. That's a thought that was in my mind. That's something I sketched out that really came into reality. And it's now hitting home with so many different people. So that's the parts about it. That's amazing. The lows about it, bro, it is the um, the creative blocks that you have. Is sometimes you, you will love more support in certain areas. Um, it's the putting certain things into place like for example the, again the account and finance part is tough bro you bring in so much money so quick right you got to learn how to manage your books you got to learn how to manage your accounts you got to learn how to budget out effectively put money aside for your next release put money aside for um supplies i'm throwing an event in december and it's like shit i'm pulling money from every different other place and being able to effectively again budget that which could be very very complicated if you don't have um, things strategically planned. Um, yeah, bro, it's a lot, man. And then understanding, too, me, I work a full-time job plus having my business. Mm-hmm. So it's the time of, like, damn, if I'm managing that and managing my brand, how am I also managing myself? Um, you know, Ross talked about that. He was like, yo, bro, before you be a CEO of anything else, you got to be a CEO of your life. So that's the part that I'm trying to become more accustomed to is how am I effectively running a CEO, being a CEO of my life? How am I be- managing and budgeting my own books and my personal finances, right? Because that's going to be the things that turn um, when I in my business. How am I able to, um, you know, multitask and be more operationally sound? 
those are things that's going to be able to affect and, and do well with my business. So it's great being an entrepreneur. It's great owning your own and doing all these other different things. But you got to make sure that you put these different procedures in place so that your um, business is going on because the key is the longevity. It's the long game um, and figuring about out. How you start, uh, about how you finish. Exactly, bro. And, you know, Nipsey talked about, the, bro, the importance of it's a marathon, not a sprint. Not um a marathon, no joke. Like, no, I mean, once real. you adapt that to your life, and you realize like it's really a marathon. You gotta yeah, keep it going. And I realized too, bro. And I had this mindset um from when I was younger. Nobody really knows that you fuck up, like, and and that's something I had to really be keen on myself because I'm very hard on myself from the different fabrics for my clothing brand yeah. to how I push out certain other different things. And people be thinking things are so amazing, bro. You did dope. I'm like, oh, that really wasn't my like, favorite. Right. There, were, there are de <laughs> definitely certain pieces and designs I put out that I'm like, yo, I don't really rock with it like that. Like I messed up on this and people are like, nah, bro, I need more. I need more. I need it's more, like, right, what, right. you really like this? <laughs> right. um, but all in all, it's, it's like you said, bro, it's a marathon longevity. And we got to always think the long game. It's okay to take pauses. It's okay to, um, you know, not feel it today. It's okay that people ask you, like, yo, damn, where your brand and business been at? Like, you know, I'm, I'm restructuring. It's okay yeah. for all of those things because it's all about this, the necessary steps you need to take on being a CEO of your life. Right. And turn that around into being a CEO of your business. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you just said, I think with entrepreneurship, I think the difference between back then and today is that, you know, people appreciate, like, they appreciate when people are transparent with the L's, you know, like, and I mean, if that's an L with whatever, like if you, you know, because then it's like, they feel more relatable. Like, Oh, okay. You know, this person's human, just like me. But with all that being said, um, that you just described and, and having a brand and, and being an entrepreneurship, what role does a team play into entrepreneurship? Now I know there's not like people who are hired and getting paid by billionaire lessons, but I know there are tons of supporters, tons of people that may help with some of your creative direction. So what does the team mean to your entrepreneurship uh, experience? So the team means a lot, man. Now that I've been expanding the brand and business, um, I've been having more people volunteer their time, whether it's helping out with some administrative stuff, people helping with event planning, people helping out with ideas, bro. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's important to the expansion of the brand. I can't be every place at once. When I first started, that's what it was, bro. And I was stressing, I was going through it. I was planning events, uh, photo shoots, everything where I was the only one um, really a part of the entire structure. Now I have people that's again, doing um, the creative directing, I have people yeah. doing event planning, I have people doing um, the, the setup, right? Breakdown, like all of that stuff, bro. And they always say, if you want to go further, you know what I'm saying? You, you got to go with the team. If you want to go just a short amount, you know what I'm saying? You're just going to go with yourself. So I want to go far, bro. And now I'm trying to build more and more my team from bringing in brand ambassadors. I'm looking for more brand ambassadors if anybody would like to be interested in uh, being involved with the brand. Um, and then I'm trying to get some interns too next year, yeah. like get some HBCU students that want to go into yeah. marketing, finance, anybody whatever. Like yeah. I'm trying to tap in more because Billionaire Academy, that's what it really is about, is building up the next billionaire tomorrow, um, being able to have my business where I can help and expand. And they always say, the best billionaire and the best person is how you position people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you think about Hove and how he was put Memphis Bleak on or how you put other people in position. So that's what I'm trying to do, bro. Build the team and put people in position. Yeah. No, no. That's solid, bro. Um, you know, before we kind of get to an end, um, I'm looking at the calendar. I know you got a birthday coming up. 
Um, we know the end of the year is coming up. We're going into a new year. So um, just kind of leave the people uh, with what's next for you. Um, that doesn't have to just be professional, but, you know, personal. We want to share both of them. Just what's next with Kamani. What's next for me, man, is just really stepping into my purpose more and more. That's something that I said I need to get better at and work on. Um, I got a voice that I definitely want to push out and help people out. Uh, I definitely want to use the media platforms to put some more positivity out there, especially as black men. Um, we don't see it a lot, bro. You know, thankful for platforms that we listen to, like Pastor Michael Todd, Darius Daniels, um, you know, the podcast I listen to, Deval Ellis, mm-hmm. um, again, Gillian Wallow. Um, you know, it's a lot of good positive platforms, bro. And it's like, I want to step into that. I've been doing it, but now it's to fully step in it. I feel like I've had one foot in, one foot out at times just because of my schedule and the things that I do. But when you're purpose-driven and passion-driven, um, I think everything comes easier and better for your life. Mm-hmm. So that's what people going to see me do, bro, is step into my passion, step into my purpose more and more in 2022. Um, not holding it back no more. Living in my bag. I say this all the time. Like, you got to stay in your bag, bro. Never Facts. jump out. <laughs> so I'm stepping in my bag in all areas, though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Like, I'm in my bag in all accounts. And they're going to see another Kamani 2022. They're going to see a, um, a, a better one, you know what I'm saying, um, a more prayerful one, a more um, just inspired one. 2022, I'm coming for everything. Slap. <laughs> nah, I feel that, bro. I love it, man. Um, uh, first and foremost, thank you for your time today, coming on the show, sharing your story and all of that knowledge, bro. Um, as always, proud of you, my guy. Uh, glad that we continue to stay locked in, continue to aspire. Um, you know what I mean? And, and, and class going to stay in session. We're going to keep learning. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep going until we get to a billion. And then once we get to a billion, you got to get past that and keep everything moving. So um, appreciate you, bro. We're definitely going to have you back on the show soon. Um, and this is episode Billionaire Lessons with my brother, Kamani Robinson. Go ahead and drop your socials so people can follow you and stay up to date with you. Yes, sir. So it's billionaire underscore lifestyle on Instagram. It's B-I-L-L-I-O-N-A-R-E underscore lifestyle. Um, I do have my website, which is billionaire lessons, uh, dot C-O, billionaire, B-I-L-L-I-N-A-I-R-E, lessons.co. That's where the one-stop shop is for the podcast, social media, clothing. I'm throwing a pop-up shop in New York on December 11th as well, 12 to 8 p.m. Um, so, yeah, I would love to see everybody there. Support, show out, share, like, post, repost, everything else, and continue to show my boy Ed some love. Keep on supporting, you know, young black men that's doing positive things. And, yeah, man, we're going to take over the world. Y'all heard it, man, here. So continue to stay locked in and continue to get to your dreams by any means. Thank you for tuning into Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station, where hustle plus faith equals success. Stay tuned for the next episode.